This is weird to me, talking about myself. Not so much because it makes me uncomfortable, but because I know myself so well. I feel like it'll be strange to kind of talk about it out loud because it's such an inner thing, you know? Hi everyone, I am Jacqueline, owner of Comfy Komodo Thrift Store and your hostess for the Comfy Komodo podcast. This episode is a bonus episode and it's to get to know me, how I grew to love myself, how I grew to know myself, as well as some self-love tips and rituals for you to love yourself. It's almost Valentine's Day and a lot of people kind of get lost with what to do for him, what to do for her, what to do for them and whatnot, and never what to do for ourselves, which is really important and it should be an everyday thing, not just a Valentine's Day thing. But I figured it was fitting and self-love is important to talk about, so let's talk about it. on the beach or long walks in general I like sleeping on the beach with a shit ton of food around me (laughs) before you go falling in love with me I am spoken for (laughs) Uh, I am in a long-term committed relationship so move along no but seriously before I make everybody uncomfortable I am 28 I am a Leo, if that means anything to you, it does to me, and it should to you because zodiac signs are amazing. I own a thrift store, obviously, and I started up my business when I was around 19 years old, so it's been almost 10 years, and you know, that's been on and off, kind of. I mean, having a physical store has been on and off, but I've always had my personal business and my thrift business. Actually, the reason why I started my business in the first place was because um, I suffer from mental illness. I have severe anxiety and severe depression, and it has been affecting me for a long time. And the reason why I started my own business was because I literally could not work. I couldn't work for anybody. I couldn't work with anybody. I was just, you know, I was, I was a mess. So I needed to figure something out so I could pay my bills. And, you know, I started my business with doing art and custom art, gathering, you know, used clothing and selling it. And that's how the thrift store became the thing. My first actual store, I guess if you want to call it that, was my dad had this, uh, well, my parents had this, uh, it was like a dump truck, like the actual dump part, I guess. And it was kind of like a trailer. 
And my dad built it up to be like this little camper. It was like a little caravan. So you could sleep in it. And it had a little fridge. It had a sink. It had lights and electricity. It was really cool. And it wasn't really being used. So I ended up opening a thrift store in this little trailer on my property at my parents' house. And, you know, it was it was just more so with people that I knew from high school and you know it was all word of mouth it wasn't like an actual business but I called it the rotten peach (laughs) and um yeah I didn't keep with that name because it kind of reminded me of like a dirty vagina (laughs) not to be like gross but you know or, or I don't know just uh didn't keep with that name but from there my sister and I ended up uh, opening an actual store or we actually took over a lease from somebody who was leaving and then we named it Shabby Road and that was awesome and my anxiety was kind of getting worse a year or two after opening that so I ended up having to close it because of that and you know, I still did my custom orders and with art and stuff. And then my other friend messaged me and she was like, would you ever open a store again? And I was like, well, yeah, like that's what I'm going to do with my life in general. So yeah, of course. And then she was like, I've always wanted to open one and my anxiety's bad and I can't work for anybody. And I, you know, I was like, I obviously know exactly how you feel. So we ended up just opening one together and that was Charcoal Moons. And um, yeah, that was two years, two and a half years. And, you know, she ended up leaving the business. So you know, another name change, because I was like, you know, Charcoal Moons doesn't really fit me. It kind of feels dark. It's not my personality. It's not my brand. So what's something that has to do with, like, clothing, but also it's, like, kind of badass. And it's, like, it's really not a meaningful name at all. But I, I chose Comfy Komodo because Komodo dragons are my shit. They're so badass. I just love them. Like, I'm, I just love them. Okay, thanks, Goku, for ruining my podcast yet again. (laughs) I do have a younger sister and an older brother, so I'm the middle child. Middle child syndrome is real. (laughs) Look it up. (laughs) No, but my siblings are awesome. If you're listening to this, you guys are great. They won't listen to this, but... Yeah, I have really great support. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I guess I can go into my mental health a little bit more because that's actually the reason why I know and love myself so much. Um, And I did try to do a podcast with my other friend about mental health, but it ended up being way too triggering for me. So I kind of had to step down for that. It was kind of just tough talking about it every... uh, week and you know that's what my therapist is for so I'm just kind of gonna keep it to that (laughs) but anyway when I was around 18 19 20 
I started noticing that things were not right with me. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't know that I needed help. I kind of just thought I was crazy and I was very uncomfortable. And I have so much pride and it takes a lot for me to ask for help, which I look back on now and I just realize how fucking stupid that was because I'm kind of dealing with it in full force now. Not so much anymore, but this winter has been really tough for me. But I'm finally coming out the other end of it, which is an amazing feeling. But getting back into when it first started happening, I I noticed that I couldn't like listen to specific songs because it would like give me these I guess which you know I now know are panic attacks I couldn't go anywhere I couldn't go far I couldn't like I said I couldn't go to work I couldn't work I had to quit not that I had like a great job I mean who does at 19 but (laughs) I um yeah I just everything just started seeming so dark to me and I was suffering so much and I think a lot of my friends and family just thought that I was just like giving up like I just didn't care when really I was in so much pain I was in so much pain like I can feel it I can think back and I can feel all of the pain that I was in I was terrified to be home alone. I was terrified of just everything. And it was so strange because I was never like that. It was like all of a sudden I woke up and there was just such a shift in my life and in my thinking and my everyday activities, I guess. And I'm such a social person. I love talking. I love meeting people. I love traveling and seeing things that you can't around here. You know, the the point of traveling, I feel like. And then all of a sudden it was like I was just trapped in my room. I didn't even feel comfortable like being out of my room. Like that's how bad it was. And I was just suffering so much because I was like, oh, like I have so much that I want to do, but I don't have any money because I can't work. And I'm terrified to leave my room. So it was like craving that extroverted life, but being forced to be isolated and alone. And that is a horrible feeling because it wasn't like I was just alone because I wanted to be alone. I was alone because I was literally going through fucking hell. And every day was such a struggle. Like, I would wake up and I was like, oh my god, like, again? Like, here we fucking go again. And I just couldn't wait for nighttime to come so I could just go to sleep. And... 
I would just force myself to sleep all day because if I was asleep, I felt fine because I was asleep. And that is like the worst thing you could do for your mental health. And now that I'm older and going through, I go to therapy twice a week. Like I'm really serious about it because it's like, I don't ever want to get like that. And now that I'm older, I realize like that was the worst thing I could have done because I was just, I was just making myself worse. I was just making myself suffer more and I didn't know how to ask for help or talk to anybody because, you know, not knocking my family at all, but, you know, my parents, they just, they're the type of parents where it's like, oh, you know, I I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression, both severe, and they would say, well, you'll grow out of it. You know, not because they're assholes, just because I feel like that was just their generation, sadly, and their parents didn't teach them. I don't know. They're just not educated, which they are now that I've kind of been more like, listen, I'm not going to grow out of this. This is a chemical imbalance in my brain and that's okay. I'm getting help, but it's not something that you grow out of. But to also know that I don't know if they actually believe that or if it's just something to kind of make me feel better about it, which makes a lot more sense to me. And I could totally see them being like that just to make me feel more normal, I guess. I'm sorry if that was a little confusing with the timeline. This is future editing Jackie adding to this. Um, My anxiety and depression started when I was around 18 and 20, which is, like I said, why I started a business in the first place. And it was in between closing Shabby Road and opening Charcoal Moons. Like that was, I think, like a three-year gap. And that's when my anxiety was really bad and I couldn't leave my room. Like, I didn't leave my room for two years, two and a half years. So I just wanted to clarify that. My voice sounds deeper because I just woke up so I can finish editing this episode. And um, I'm, I'm also not using a microphone, so... It just sounds a little different now, so I'm sorry about that. But that's all I'm going to say about my mental health because, you know, as important as I think it is to talk about mental health awareness, and I'm definitely an advocate for it. How can you not be if when you're dealing with it? But it's also, it doesn't define me. It's not the only thing I know how to talk about. It's, you know, if you don't know how to talk to somebody that's not about your mental health or their mental health. I, I don't know. That that kind of bothers me. Um, and I, I'm just like kind of weird with that because it's like, don't text me or if I it's the first time I see you, like the last thing I want to be asked is, how are you doing? Or hi, how are you feeling? Or stuff like that. It's like just treat me like a normal person like I'm literally a normal person like we all have struggles it's just just because mine has a diagnosis doesn't mean that I'm not a normal person it's like I don't 
want to talk about my mental health. I just want to have a friendship. <laughs> like, uh, but I might just be a bitch, so I don't know. I just figured I'd throw that in there because goats are cool. <laughs> and I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> I didn't go to college. And all my friends that went to school and college, they're like, yeah, like, oh, my student loans, I, oh, I can't, like, I, my student loans are killing me, and it's like, oof. And then they end up not even doing what they want to do, and it sucks. And it's, I feel so bad. It's like, it's such a messed up system. Like, obviously, it's not their fault. Like, if you want to go to college, you should totally go to college. If I went to college, I think I would be, I would go to be a guidance counselor, I think. But also at the same time, I don't think I'd be able to deal with the freaking parents. I really, I don't know how, you know, if you're a teacher, hats off to you. God fucking bless you. I would never be able to deal with parents. Um, Because, you know, obviously, like, when you're a teacher and you're in school, you really see child behavior and what is affecting them and whatnot. And it's like, you can't really, (laughs) can't really do anything about it. And especially now during COVID, it's like, I don't know how you guys do it, but I'm, uh, I don't have kids, but I'm definitely thankful for you all. (laughs) I don't really have anything else to really say about me there's nothing that really like stands out about my life per se um but it's really just more so like I got to know myself so much because I was in isolation for like two and a half years from having really bad um you know mental health problems And at the time, it was fucking hell. But coming out of it... Oh, my God. Don't get a dog. (laughs) And because I was isolated for so long, I was kind of trapped in my mind, which, like I said earlier in the episode, it was probably, like, the worst thing to do for mental health. But, like I said, coming out of it and looking back at it, I'm like, okay... Like, yeah, that sucked, but I really got to know myself. I know exactly what I want. I know exactly what I like. I know exactly what I want to do. I have no problem saying no to things that I don't want to do. And that's really important is, is just not feeling guilty about not wanting to do something, not feeling guilty for saying no to people especially your family and guilt is such a horrible feeling and I know a lot of people deal with anxiety and part of anxiety is overthinking and feeling guilty (laughs) pretty much and not letting yourself just have like being like no I don't want to do that and then just feeling good about it and it took me a long time to get to that point so like I said it's all about self-love and getting to know yourself so now that I've talked about me 
a little bit so you can understand me a little bit more. I'll get into hopefully getting to know yourself better and understanding yourself a little bit more with some self-love tips. And I'm also going to bring, you know, some witchy aspects into self-love, like bath rituals, some spells you can do, some charms and whatnot. Um, I started my witchcraft journey when I was kind of like just going through anxiety. Um, I love learning about things, so I really wanted to kind of just learn about it. And then I got really into it and it was you know, something that was a lot of fun for me. And I was always into fairies and mermaids and all these mythical, magical things. And when I found witchcraft, I I really just enjoy learning. I learn about everything. Um, I really like school, not school itself. Like I totally think the curriculum is just so stupid, but that's my view, whatever. but I really enjoy learning. So I'll like sit and watch documentaries and I don't just watch documentaries. I will take notes as if I'm supposed to be doing like a paper about this specific topic. And one thing that I really do enjoy learning about is, you know, different religions, mythical things, um, Egypt. I'm obsessed with Egypt (laughs) for some reason. And I just love learning about all spirituality things, divination, meditations, and so on. But when I came across witchcraft, and witchcraft is just the practice, it's not a religion, whereas, you know, Wiccan, paganism, and all of that is religion. So witchcraft is just the practice, like it's just doing things, it's not devoting your life in a religious sense if that makes sense which it might not but witchcraft so many people have the misconception that it's like devil worship and we're just these evil scary like witches are just evil and scary and that's really not the case it's actually the total opposite like witchcraft is just there's no wrong way do what you want to do as long as we're all kind to each other you work with the universe you work with nature it's just such a beautiful thing it's so beautiful if you don't know about it i will do a wednesday episode about all about witchcraft but when i came across witchcraft i was like oh my god like this is a real thing like this is a serious thing and i think i was about 17 18 and I like loved it because it it felt like that magic that I believed in when I was a kid. But then when you get older, it's like, okay, so magic isn't abracadabra. And then I turn you into this and I can fly on a broomstick and stuff like that. Like magic is manifestation. It's putting out what you want to receive. It's being nice to others and seeing how much you benefit from that emotionally and even physically. Like it's it's such a powerful thing. I don't know. It's it's so hard to explain, but if you know, you know. <laughs> but I really enjoyed getting into witchcraft. So, um I'm 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 more 
like in a religious aspect, I was baptized Presbyterian and I was kind of, I was raised Presbyterian, which, you know, was great. But I, when I first started getting into like being curious about other religions and other beliefs and practices and whatnot, I really thought I was going to go to hell. And that's why I don't really like religion because, or like, you know, like Christian and Catholic religions with like the Bible and Jesus Christ and whatnot. But I just don't like that because I had, a, I had, I had fear that I was going to go to hell just because I was curious and I didn't want to be what my parents are. Like, not that it's a bad thing. I'm just saying like, oh, they're a Presbyterian, so they baptized us when we were young and we went to church and stuff like that. But it's like, as an adult, I'm like, I don't really want to do that. And I don't feel guilty about it anymore. But when it first started being, you know, a thought, I was really freaking scared. Like, I really thought I was, like, going to go to hell. And that's not the case. It's okay to be curious. It's okay to break away from what you think you're supposed to be. That's normal. That is healthy. You're supposed to be independent. You're supposed to have thoughts for yourself. You know, our parents are just kids having kids. Like, they're still growing up to this day. They still don't know what the hell they're doing. And that's okay. Like, we're all just trying to fucking survive. You know what I mean? So why don't you survive and do what makes you happy and and do what you want without feeling guilty towards it? But anyway, with that all being said... I'm going to get into self-love, why it's important, and what you can do to improve your self-love, and I'll throw some witchcraft in there with some like ritual baths and stuff like that. So let's get into it. So self-love, I'm going to Google why self-love is important. And the first thing that came up is when you practice self-love, you become more confident and accepting of yourself. When you achieve that feeling, you're able to go into relationships with a strong sense of self. The way you treat yourself sets the standards for others. So approaching a relationship with a strong sense of self is the best way to go. Which, you know, makes total sense because... You don't want to be treating yourself like shit and have no confidence or even know who you want to be or what you want to do and then, you know, throw another person on top of it with a relationship or even like a friendship and, you know, they treat you the same way. Like they treat you like shit. They don't know who you are. They don't think you want to do anything and it's such, it just creates toxic uh, relationships and, that's why it's really important. Like, just sit with yourself, get to know yourself, get to know what you want, what you deserve, and all of that fun stuff. But- so the first thing about self-love for me personally is you need to change how you talk about yourself um, and how you talk to yourself. Like, you don't want to look in the mirror and be like, oh, fuck, I, like, I look like shit. It's like, no, you look fucking great. Shut the fuck up, <laughs> you know, like. If you're going to talk down on yourself, do it in that aspect. Like, talk down on yourself 
only to shut yourself down when you're talking bad about yourself, if that makes sense. And once you kind of get used to that, you it's it's just like anything. It's like training your brain. And once you get used to talking positively about yourself, it becomes just like second nature. Um, you know, it's not like we're trying to train ourselves to brush our teeth. It's that's just something that we freaking do. And it could be as easy as that. Like just it's just something you do. So start with that. Journaling is awesome for so many reasons. It could help you with your mental health as well as just getting to know yourself and getting to love yourself. So even if you like if I have just like a random thought where I'm like, why the fuck am I thinking that? Like I will write it down. It's like I'd rather just write it down like just get get to know yourself like put it out on paper read it back try to decipher it try to decide dissect it and go from there like just keep journaling journaling is awesome if you have a negative thought about yourself write it out and then correct it be like oh I look so fat today okay correct that like but you know what at least I'm healthy and I'm and I'm eating and I'm thankful for this body no matter what. If Sorry if that's a sensitive subject. That was just the only thing that came to my head for some reason. But, or, you know, you could even be like, okay, my hair, my hair sucks. I hate my hair. It's like, okay, but it's just fucking hair. Like, my hair doesn't define me. Like, I'm not, I'm not all about my hair. It's, it's really just, it's what is on the inside. And I know that's so cliche, but your soul is so much more important than your shell. So just don't be so hard on yourself. Correct it. Journal. Journal everything. Journal what you want to do in the future. Journal your ideas. Journal what inspires you. Just sketch, like just anything, but have specific journals for self-love. Here are some journal prompts for self-love that you could do. One is write three things about your appearance. Two, what is your favorite thing about your personality? Three, what do you think your biggest, biggest weakness is? How can you work on to improve it? Four, who are you most grateful for having in your life? Five, is there something you keep ruminating about that happened a long time ago? Six, how would your best friend describe you? Seven, I'm happiest when, you know, fill in the blank. And eight, what have you achieved that you're proud of? And that's just kind of the beginning. You can find so many self-love journal prompts on Pinterest. Start a whole self-love Pinterest board. Um, you know, Pinterest is the best thing that has ever happened to humankind. <laughs> There's another really cool thing that I actually found on Pinterest and it's in my self-love board, but it's healthy non-negotiable habits that improve self-love as well. And it's nutrition, movement, mindset, and rest. And whatever those things mean to you, I just think that's very like to the point and it makes so much sense because like gut health, like your nutrition, especially, and like what you put into your body has so much to do with your feelings, like your head and your stomach are connected. And that's why like people with anxiety, it like affects their stomach and 
their or their stomach affects their head and it's like a vicious circle but nutrition is really freaking important movement is important and I'm not saying you have to go outside and fucking run a mile if you're not into that because I fucking god knows I'm not but even if it's just go outside for 15 minutes even if it's just to walk down your driveway and back or stretch stretching is good they have um really great simple yoga stretches on youtube obviously um you know your mindset again journaling finish your day with a gratitude practice like before you go to bed just be like even if it was a bad day like okay today i'm grateful for because of this this and this you know always focus on the positive at the end of your day not the negative and then rest is so important like especially in this day and age it's like we're we're just go 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 and it's like resting is so important and people almost feel guilty about resting i know i i have i felt that way for a while um until i kind of got i feel like until i started dating uh tori my boyfriend he's very good at resting (laughs) Uh, very lazy when he wants to be but he's he's also like he's not a lazy person at all but he's good at being lazy when he needs to be and that taught me how to do that as well and um yeah I'm grateful for that but that it's important putting time aside for yourself each week is really important with self-love and growing obviously so even if it's just a half a day a week or a full day a week or twice a week as honestly as much as you can take advantage of it if you can those are just some examples and ideas on how you can get started with self-care and self-love but there's actually six types of self-love and self-care and it's one is physical which is taking care of your body. You know, obviously that's a large component of self-care in general, and it doesn't have to include like crazy exercises and stuff like that. It's really just to, you know, it should just be something you enjoy and not feel like an obligation. You know, some ideas, like I said before, is light stretching with yoga and also gut health, like eating more fruits and vegetables, getting a little active, even if, if it is just walking down your driveway And the second type of self-love and care is emotional. So that's becoming more in tune with your emotions and understanding them, checking in with yourself, becoming more mindful of your, what makes you trigger your thinking patterns. Like I said, a lot of our thinking patterns is like our thinking pattern. We're so used to talking down on ourselves almost. So it's checking with that and trying to work through your emotions rather than bottling them up and some ideas with that is again journaling uh meditation and just be creative express yourself with painting writing cooking um anything really just anything that makes you happy the third type is spiritual so spiritual self-care doesn't necessarily have to again relate to religion Although it can be that for some people, which is fine. But when you practice spiritual self-love, you are nourishing your soul. You're striving for that inner peace. You're seeking to find purposes 
and bigger meanings of life. And some ideas to help that is, again, meditation, spending time in nature. You can even do nice things like helping other people, donating to charities, donating to animal shelters, and stuff like that. And the fourth is intellectual self-care. And this type of care includes doing something that you enjoy that nourishes and challenges your mind. Like expand your knowledge, learning new skills, learning about new things. Like I said earlier, I love learning. Like I'll watch documentaries, I'll watch things about spirituality and religions, and I'll take notes. Like I just love to learn. And you know, reading books, that's another thing. Learning a different language, just anything like that. Fifth is social. So humans, we're pack animals, like we by nature are social beings. And this type of self-love may look different. It, you know, obviously it depends if you're an introvert or an extrovert, because there's all levels of comfort when it comes to social situations. But connection is really important. And some ideas for that is spending time with loved ones, reconnecting with old friends, striking up conversations with just somebody at work or at a coffee shop or anything like that. It doesn't have to be, you know, creating a new friend. It's just getting used to just being social. And I know when I'm at my store and I meet new people and I end up talking to them and they end up leaving, I'm always like, wow. They were really great. Like it it really does put you in a good mood. And then the last one, uh, number six, is sensory. So sensory self-care and love helps you nourish your senses, which is smell, touch, sound, sight. And it's really effective to bring your mind to the present moment. And I know one thing my therapy taught me, a uh, therapist taught me is when you're feeling a little anxious or a little out of your body and you're just not all there or if you're having an off day which can happen to everybody it's focus on six things that you see it might be five things that you see actually five things that you see four things you can touch three things you can hear two things you can smell and one thing you could taste or maybe it's two things you could taste, one thing you can smell. It doesn't matter. I'm sure I completely butchered that, but you get the idea. But that's a really good way to lower your stress level. You can burn, you know, candles, listen to soothing music. And again, like walking barefoot outside, just being outside, not in the winter, unless you're into that shit. But that it's like the sensory. It's noticing like each season has a different smell. Each season has a different like look to it, obviously. So just be more aware of where you're at and what you're doing. Now I'm going to get into witchy self-care tips and top five things that you can do to help if you're more into, you know, the witchy aspect of things. The first thing is to set monthly intentions. So like I said before, witchy self-love or self-care, anything witchy, is all about being aligned with nature. So every month is an opportunity to start fresh. Set yourself with new intentions. And you could even just set it up with your calendar and write things that you want to do on specific days and stuff like that. Like sit down for an hour, 
once a month. It might not even take that long. Just review what you've done recently, what you enjoyed, and what you want to plan to try or do next. So visualization with these affirmations can help fix that intention in your mind. So literally just picture the thing that you want in your mind and saying how you will attain it. All of this creates a really positive mindset that gets, you know, it gets strengthened every month. Like once, again, once you keep doing it and get used to it, it becomes second nature. If you read tarot or anything, you can do a, I guess you could call it like a soul spread. And you might not know this, but tarot is a really, really powerful tool to access your conscious and subconscious mind. It's like when you turn over cards, you're revealing their identities, and it's really interesting to see how you react to them, because I know specific cards have meanings, but if you're more of an intuitive reader, you just go with what this like what that specific card makes you feel more so. Um, I know when I'm reading myself, which I really only do once in a blue moon, but I don't really focus on what their actual meaning is. I focus on how I feel when I choose a card, what the symbolism means to me, and so on. The third tip, and this is more of a ritual magic, or, you know, especially if you follow the Wiccan faith, but working within a circle. So circles represent wholeness and infinity. It has no corners or edges. They're limitless and they're really, really powerful symbols. Plus they feel really safe and comfortable. You know, in my opinion, it's to be surrounded or enriched by cushions. As a circle, you could make like a pillow circle. You can do a a very popular one is a salt circle, candles. You can even do a circle of people. But, you know, obviously be safe because of COVID. And it's just the idea is to create a barrier against anything negative and to allow yourself, the creator, to make really great things happen. And it's a good thing, even if you just want to do your journaling, doodling, anything that's therapeutic and relaxing to you, you can do that in the circle to make you feel more safe. And last but not least, you can make a spiritual bath, I guess, if you want to call it. You know, bathing is so relaxing. It kind of just takes all of the pressure off of everything in our body because we're in water. And if you want to make it more of a like a witch, witchy bath like a bath ritual or anything like that, you, you'll need a few things. You know, you want candles, essential oils, you could do crystals, Epsom salt, certain sea salt blends can be used as well. But try to kind of get like a mixture of colors. You don't want to have everything be white, everything be pink. Like each color represents something and I'll get into that next. But I mean, maybe I won't because we're not talking about colors right now. But if you have any questions, DM me on the podcast Instagram at ComfyCasting. 
But anyway, once you have those ingredients together, you could even, you know, take a piece of paper, write it out, pour salt onto it. You could put it in a vial if you like, and you could do herbs like lavender. That's the most relaxing, like most popular relaxing herb. And you can kind of roll it up and secure it with like a rubber band or something. And again, that's it's kind of like manifesting, setting intentions. But the reason why baths are so amazing and important, and especially if you use Epsom salts, it, it de-stresses and relaxes your body. It relieves pain. It helps your nerves and muscles. It eliminates toxins from your body. It can relieve constipation. It can prevent... Um, you know, itching from bee stings or bug bites and stuff. It fights colds and flus. It helps headaches, regulates blood sugars, smooths and softens skins. Skin, <laughs> not skins. Um, it's, it actually speeds up the healing of like an injury or a cut. You can get rid of a hangover. It adds volume to your hair, apparently. It improves levels of sulfate, restores lost magnesium, and it increases your energy level. So those are just all of the benefits of a bath in general, especially with Epsom salt, like I said. And then, you know, to make it more spiritual and to kind of strengthen that, that's where these crystals and candles and herbs and essential oils come into play. It's really just whatever you are drawn to as a witch and what feels right to you. Another great one that I almost forgot to mention is moon magic. Working with the moon is really great. Also working with the sun too, but the benefits of moonlight in general, it Going into chakras, it helps clear the sacral chakra. It reduces stress and anxiety. It can help regulate menstrual cycles. It aids in spiritual awakenings, and it also strengthens natural instincts. Now, obviously, there are multiple phases of the moon. So each phase of the moon, you can do specific magic with it. Um, the Instagram moon omens has really amazing moon affirmations, which is to, you know, set manifestations and your intentions under specific moons helps kind of boost the power of it, I guess you could say. Then getting into sun magic is, since like the sun doesn't technically have phases like the moon but it does have you know specific times it has noon morning afternoon dawn sunset and so on but the sun is really powerful just like the moon and it can help with spells and rituals if you can't wait for a certain moon phase you can always use the sun so to use a specific spell manif like manifestation or intention or charm or ritual around noon you want to do things that have to do with justice, protection, and health. Morning, you want to do things that has to do with relationships, building, and growth. Afternoon, resolutions, clarity, dawn, new beginnings, charging, sunset, divination, and charging as well. So I think that's really in interesting because a lot of people don't realize that there's also 
sun magic just like there is with moon magic so going back into self-love you can really set your intentions and plans and things that you want to do even if you do sit down with your calendar and kind of choose specific days on your calendar to do specific things you can do that in the dawn when it's perfect time with sun magic to do new beginnings because you're kind of starting fresh and you're planning your month it'll kind of just give you that extra boost and whatnot if your mind is going like a million miles a minute and you really don't know where to start with all of this with self-love and self-care and everything you can start with a grounding method grounding stabilizes your energy it brings you to a more positive state it releases excess energy and it draws energy from the earth itself and it can help you kind of you know it can increase energy it can decrease energy you can reduce cortisol which is the stress hormone you could decrease pain and you can just kind of restore that balance to the body. So a really good method to do this is you can, I like to sit Indian style because your root chakra is like in your genitals pretty much. So when you sit Indian style or lotus, however, whatever you want to call it, your grounding yourself literally with with your root chakra so you can sit on the ground you can you know breathe deep and inhale and exhale slowly and you can imagine roots coming from your spine that reach down into the earth and going back into visualization which is important You can visualize negative energy flowing down those roots into the earth where the energy will become neutralized. Always visualize clean, healing energy coming through the roots and up into your body. So you're kind of releasing that negative energy or those negative thoughts or just to calm down a little bit, put it into the earth to be neutralized, and then you're receiving clean healing energy. And that's a great thing to do even just each morning. Meditation is a really great tool to calm down. They have specific meditations for specific things. YouTube has a lot of great self-love meditations. And the benefits of self-love meditation, it's... Well, it's like a technique that teaches you to pay attention to the needs and wants of your consciousness. And the benefits of it is it promotes brain growth, it reduces stress and anxiety, you evolve into a better decision maker, it helps you develop self-awareness, you sleep better, and it can also help you fight addictions. You can, you know, get comfortable, you can sit or sand, You can choose what to focus on. You can let the mind float away, but always make sure that you come back to reality. I asked a couple of my friends, what's the biggest thing that stops you from loving yourself? 
It also is interesting because two of my friends kind of completely ignored the question. So I don't know if that just means they don't know how to answer it because they don't know, or if it kind of made them uncomfortable, if that makes sense. But yeah, I guess it's this thing that nobody really wants to talk about or face head on. Or maybe, like I said, maybe they just truly don't know. But one friend answered that they just don't feel worthy enough. Another friend answered their anxieties and the shame that they feel about their anxieties. I also had a friend say that the only real thing stopping them from loving themselves is them. And they said, I grew up with a whole put others others before yourself mindset so it feels wrong to actually care for yourself and it feels selfish or what I was taught was selfish I know now that it's not but the feeling is still there another friend that I actually just reconnected with recently gave me a pretty detailed answer which is amazing we have a lot of spiritual talks and stuff but She said, I personally feel the biggest thing that stops me from loving myself is constantly thinking of others and finding ways to improve the love that I give or the love that I show. It's odd, right? Because I can get really low and down and out about myself, which isn't positive or necessarily healthy. Yet when I think of others, the the creativeness that comes with it, it's like I have endless possibilities to show, express, or feel love. But when it comes to me, when I show too much into myself, it makes me feel selfish. But I feel selfish because I was brought up in a lot of, quote unquote, tough love situations. So I tend to show more love to those I feel need more tending love and care over that tough love. And because I'm so used to tough love, it's easy to forget what it's like to just love, especially loving myself. However, if there is something I love about me, I love how much I can care. I love nature and the beauty in it and how I feel so connected. I love that I don't take things for granted. Love isn't something you can hold with your hands, but you can still feel it, share it, and express it. So I do the best I can to love, even if it's not directly showing it to myself. I know I'll never get tired of loving which I thought was really awesome because she's the first person who answered saying like, this is what I necessarily don't like, but it doesn't stop me from feeling love, whether it's, you know, from herself or just things that make her happy, which is a form of self-love as we learned. (laughs) And just some positive reinforcing affirmations that I want to say to you and my friends that answered this is... Believe in yourself. Acknowledge yourself. Acknowledge your self-worth. You're not making mistakes. You're learning. Accept yourself unconditionally. Be proud of yourself because you have accomplished so much. Even just waking up and going about your day is such a big accomplishment. You are successful. You are a beautiful person. You do deserve love. 
You do deserve compassion and empathy. You are enough. Believe in the person that you dream of becoming. Choose to be happy. Choose to completely love yourself. Honor your commitments that you make to yourself. Choose faith over fear. You know, there's no wrong decision. Create your life exactly how you want it to be. Positivity is a choice. So always choose to be positive. And going back to the beginning of this episode with why I kind of said a little bit about me and what I've been through and struggles and stuff like that is because now that I'm kind of like through all of that, hopefully, (laughs) but because I was kind of forced to sit with myself for so long in isolation and stuff like that, it's, I really, really got to know myself because I was only with myself. And it took me a while to kind of wake up and be like, okay, maybe I shouldn't just sit here and be anxious and depressed and just think about the negatives and everything that could possibly go wrong. And, you know, it's easier said than done, of course. But, you know, after two and a half years of feeling that way, you just get to a fucking point where you just break and it's like, all right, I'm done. I'm done feeling this way. I'm done wallowing in my pity. Like, I'm done. I'm fucking done. And that's when I really started doing self-care and realizing how much it helps. So I hope this episode helps you and just even just get your foot in the door with starting. And again, if you have any questions or if you just want to talk, DM me on the Instagram at ComfyCasting and we'll talk and I'll give you some advice if you want it. I'm never just going to give you advice because we're talking. I'll only give you advice if you want it. So yeah, message me if you have to and we'll get you, we'll get you uh, starting to love yourself a little bit more. Again, sorry for all the changes in mics and sounds and whatnot. I recorded this through the course of two days. So I was working and then I was home and then I was driving and then I was at the store and everything like that. But I really wanted to get this recorded either way so I could post it on Saturday. But if you're listening to this before Valentine's Day or on Valentine's Day, I hope you have an amazing Valentine's Day, whether it's with somebody else or with yourself. If you don't care about it too much, again, focus on yourself and do take a bath, do some self-love things that we talked about earlier, and have a good weekend either way. If you're listening to this after Valentine's Day, I hope you had a good one. <laughs> But we'll see you on Monday for our Comfy Conversations with Krista, where we're going to be talking about ancient Egypt, their beliefs, their looks on creation, and some freaky alien stuff. To close this podcast out, I want to do a couple of shout outs for local businesses and their Instagrams and whatnot. And I want to start off with Lavender and Love. 
Ella is an amazing jewelry maker. She does handmade jewelry, natural cosmetics, and art. She takes custom orders, and she posts updates every Friday at 5.55 p.m. Eastern Time. So I will tag her in our Instagram story at Comfy Casting. Sorry. (laughs) Another shout-out I want to do is Dynama Handmade. Katrina is also an amazing jewelry maker. They make handmade magical crystal jewelry, all made with love and intentions, which is very fitting for this episode as well. And they also do custom orders. So I will also tag their Instagram on our story. And my last shout out will be for a fellow local podcast, Crime, Cults, and Coffee. Podcast hosts are Bryn and Kelsey, and they're amazing people. And I've worked with Bryn a little bit through, you know, the thrift store, and she's also a great stylist. And, but going into their podcast, sorry, I got sidetracked, but it's a true crime paranormal podcast featuring everything creepy. They also rate coffee in the beginning of each episode and I don't even drink coffee but the way that they describe all of the tastes and just the way that they talk and I just told Bryn this the other day I was like I don't drink coffee but you guys really make me want to drink coffee they're so good at um they're so good at like explaining in detail of like the tastes and their podcast is just good in general if you love true crime and paranormal things and um if true crime triggers you they do have a lot of great episodes of just like uh haunted places and stuff like that but yeah grab some coffee and have a morning with them and I will tag them on my Instagram story as well I also believe they post podcast episodes every Friday morning